Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. The off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Seat Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here, your host for this fine Tuesday evening. It's episode 198. A lot of numbers. Yeah, I remember being the, on number 11. Is that when it was, your that first was one? The first one I was on was number 11. I'm glad that you remember that. I'm Luckily enough, the math works out that I was on the first one, so I can remember that yeah, my first episode was the first I can one. I imagine that. So, look, that's easy for me, though, because you know, don't want to have to screw that up too much. So welcome everybody to Seat Time. This is the online show for the offered enthusiast. Hopefully you guys are ready to talk a little bit about some dirt bikes. We've got a couple beers. We're going to drink a few of those. But then, of course, we went to Dallas Supercross. We've got Gas Gas news coming up with Johnny Barber. Got a couple updates from Cody Webb down in Argentina. Well, we know he's south of the border anyway in the area because they raced Argentina. They're going to be racing Brazil coming up pretty soon. So, of course, Seat Time is brought to you by the fine folks at Fly Racing, which you can learn more about at flyracing.com. That is where it's a good place to go do all your research. You could possibly purchase there if you would like to, but we do recommend going to your local dealer and supporting your local dealer because that's the best way to make sure that they get what they need. And I just realized the dog is in here. So anybody who smells and or feels something weird, it's okay. It's just Izzy. I feel like we're officially Pulp MX now because we've got the dogs in the studio and they just smell bad and piss everybody off. Um, let's just tell Tam. Don't Izzy bark at our bad jokes. Is in studio. Help. Hey, see how weird it gets. And of course, Kindatire USA. So Kindatire.com to go learn more about all the wares that Kinda has for you. If you haven't noticed, they definitely are pushing a big market, but push to the off-road market. Um, that's definitely going to help out guys like us who really enjoy being off-road and need more tires specifically made for the type of riding that we do. And I have a brand new set of big blocks on my 990. Ooh. And you're so ready to go pick it up at we'll some point. We'll see how that works. To, to sell it with? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And then uh, SRT Off-Road. So SRTOffRoad.com is where you can go check out those guys. And what's great is, so say I were to go to Adventure Moto here in McKinney, Texas, I can get all of this stuff there. They carry... Everything that Fly Racing has, they carry stuff, everything that Kinda has, and they carry products by SRT Off-Road. So if you're looking for a way to protect your bike, um, all the fun plastics, if you need to replace plastics, if you need to get a bash guard, if you need to get other things, maybe like a chain guide, a stiffer and or stronger chain guide, shark fins, bits for your front rotor, all that kinds of stuff, all the billet aluminum, radiator guards, that's the best way to go do it is srtoffroad.com. You can purchase there, but again, we would say if you do have a local dealer, that's definitely the best way to support the sport is to make sure that your local dealer gets a little bit of the funding that you're going to say give to them. Seat Time is archived on the site, seattime.co. You can as well get us on Stitcher and iTunes if you wanted to subscribe to us there if audio only is the way you'd rather go and have us as a podcast. That's fine as well. We do have a chat room, tlk.io slash seattime where you can go in there and ask questions. What's going to be fun, we will have Johnny Barber on a little bit later, and he is going to be helping us kind of disseminate what has been going on with Gas Gas, where Gas Gas is going to be headed in the near future, and they want to be back racing by 2018 that's at exciting. the GNCCs and the Full Gas. That's exciting. That's, yeah. that's awesome. And if they can get there, they need to get there quick because Beta is starting to definitely take a lot of that much more niche, mm -hmm. European, sexier, fancier kind of market. Um, so gas gas has got to make sure they get on the gas and, uh, and and continue that forward momentum as they as they rebuild their brand a little bit here in the 
in North America. And Yamaha's still making inroads, and Honda's making noise. So, yeah, I mean, Honda's got a full team this year, so it'll be it'll be fun to talk about and see kind of where this all this goes. So, one thing that I wanted to mention before we get into some of the news is that in three weeks, this is episode one ninety eight, but in three weeks we'll have our two hundredth episode. We want to give things away. We want to make sure that you guys have a chance to win some fly racing swag, maybe some tires from Kinetire, maybe some bits for your bike from SRT Off-Road. And the way that we would like is two different ways. So one, what do you want to see in the 200th episode? What should we do? Are there specific riders that you've heard us talk about before that you want us to have come back on and talk about maybe all the fun times they've had on Seat Town? Whatever that may look like to you. So definitely, in either the comments on the website, the comments on YouTube, maybe you want to just tweet us, whatever it is, Facebook, find a way to reach out. And every single comment get it will get put into a fun little tub and we will pull names from that, and those people will be put into a drawing to be able to win one of something from each of our sponsors. And then as well, what we want to do is be able to give more away on the 200th episode. That will be in three weeks, so in two weeks, we will be uh, family stuff, everything, everybody's got spring breaks, all that kind of stuff, somebody's got family trips, so we're going to take that week off. Uh, I believe that's March 8th is when it would have been the 200th episode, so now March 15th will be our 200th episode. Um, we like doing live episodes at places. If people want to drink a couple beers and get a little goofy, you know, offer up your space or just uh, offer up your ideas. So do that. Make sure you hit all the comments there. So some of the recent Dirt Buzz, Dad. The Dirt Buzz from DirtBuzz.com, our good friend Dale Spangler. If you want to check that out, he definitely has a lot of fun content that he's got going on there. Definitely different from a lot of the other sites that you're going to find. Uh, much more lifestyle-centric. And so... Biggest biggest news this weekend, Super Enduro. Uh, round three, win on in Argentina. We saw Johnny Walker get on the top step of the podium, um, coming away with two wins in three of the prologues, and then Cody Webb getting a win in the third prologue. Colton Haker did a fantastic job trying to get to that top step in some of the, in some of the prologues, but of course coming in second, and then Cody Webb in third. These are the guys that we've seen in and out on these three rounds at the top. Now, granted, we have seen Cody Webb at the top a lot more, but Cody Webb made a lot of mistakes. Colton Haker even made some mistakes. Johnny Walker made the least amount of mistakes, and he was the guy that wound up on top step. And now he's the guy that has a point lead, 11 points ahead of Webb, where Webb was dominating. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. And that's another new series to follow i mean in the past we really didn't follow that that much here in this it's country. been a lot harder in the past um and it's now like it's, it's, it's just getting yeah. getting more popular and it's getting it's getting a little bit easier to follow i feel like they're doing a good job with their with their media presence trying to bring that trying to bring people like us who are in a completely different continent you know and sometimes different time zones all that kind of stuff they're trying to bring us very relevant information which is fantastic but i still think that in some of these situations live live feeds on youtube i mean look what we're doing right now we do this on believe me a, a dime sometimes a nickel budget um there's ways to do it i mean we did the enduro cross for I'm not going to tell you the number, but it was not very much money. Um, and we had two cameras, we had two hosts, all that kinds of stuff. So live feeds are definitely doable. I think that's a good way to go. People are going to tune in, and even if not, then it's archived on YouTube. Bam! Content for the internet. Um, so with Walker 159 points, Webb 148, and Haker 138, they're now going to be racing in Brazil this weekend. Um, so we're going to see. Their deet. Yeah, see if Webb can kind of. Get his uh, get his feet unwet because he got wet and slipped on lots of logs. 
Yeah, but they need to put on their DEET for the mosquitoes. Oh, down in Brazil? We don't need to bring home any Zika. Right? We'll see. Uh, also this weekend, uh, uh, I said AMRA, Hair Scramble. It's the Arizona Motorcycle Riders Association. There it is. So uh, Max Gersten with first place, Destry Abbott in second, and Ryan Kudla in third. What I love about this is that Destry Abbott is probably twice the age of Max Gersten, second place. Second place. And it sounds like it sounds like a, a Enduro Cross lineup these last two events. Yeah, I know it's pretty intense. And then of course we've got uh, Ryan Kudla in third. Props to Ryan Kudla. Ryan Kudla, he's been on the show quite a few times. His brother is Eric Kudla. Eric Kudla helps promote a lot of the a lot of the events on the West Coast with the National Hair and Hound. We, we've right. met Eric Kudla. You met him at the Baja right. Rally. Right. He's got the the he's the ginger with the red hair, kind of goofy looking. You know, like me, just a different type of goofy looking. Right. Pretty you look perfect. like your mother. Pretty perfect. Um, so congrats to Max Gertens getting the win over Destry Abbott. It looked like Destry Abbott was working on his KX500, though, on Instagram. So if that were to happen sometime soon, that would be amazing. That's a um, widowmaker. I would love to see that. Uh, so Southeast Cross Country Association. So SECA. We had Tanner McCoy, Cliff Owsley, and Hunter Williams. This is one of those series that, honestly, we don't get to learn too much about, but it's great that Dirt Buzz is digging in and doing this kind of uh, research for for everybody, not just for us. It's for everybody. It's out there at DirtBuzz.com. This is actually in uh, in Alabama. Yeah, well, those, they cross over with Sarah. A lot of their events cross over stuff? With, with SERA. Yeah. Hmm. Some of the same states, but they're, they're more Georgia and the Carolinas. They come into Alabama, but... They're pretty much east of Sarah. Okay. They, they touch like Blackjack and Sarah at the yeah. other end and Texas and Sarah. I like it. I like it. So fly racing wise this past week, what we saw Jason Anderson getting third at Dallas Supercross. Thumbs up to that guy for sure. He, that was still so much fun to watch that guy. Oh, he ride. Is. He, he's just all over that motorcycle. I love <laughs> to watch him ride. Yeah. Uh, Kenda Tire. We saw Max Gersten get on the podium at Amra and he is a Kenda sponsored tire. And then we saw SRT. SRT Off-Road out in the desert of Baja getting ready for the San Felipe 250. So lots of fun there, and we know we want to be back there. Hopefully that works out for us later this uh, later this year. We would be back in the sands of Baja. It would be fun if we could bring um, one or two people to film, wouldn't it? I'll be there. With one or two other people. You're Papa Pierce. You're the guy that's got to like bring this like down a level when I'm freaking out. That's your job. I can't have you videoing and taking care of me. That's true. He's, I'm he's a, a handful. I'm a big baby. He's a handful. You know this. You know how this works. Always has been. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, what before we totally to... dive into all of our Supercross chatter and all the fun that we yeah. had this past weekend, we wanted to get a chance to talk to Johnny Barber a little bit. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and let him know that it's going to be coming in hot. But what's going to happen? Can you still come in hot? You have to have a timed enduro to come in hot. Yeah. And there aren't true. very many timed Enduros left. So can you come in hot? <laughs> hmm. We're coming in hot. Yeah, it's like because you're coming in hot. You're like, Rah! you know, full throttle. Yeah, you can come in hot. Okay. You can come in hot. Actually, coming in hot's a positive. Only in an Enduro would be coming in hot would be a negative. Yeah. Because you're like, you know. You have awesome. to be just right. Just right. I like not it. too hot, not too cold. Right. Just right. Yeah, just right. Well, cool. Well, Mr. Johnny Bobber, welcome to Seat Time, my friend. How's your evening going? It's going great, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So this is some fun, interesting news. We saw late last year, uh, Gas Gas 
and obviously you're going to correct me when I'm wrong and you're going from from what you do know from what you've been involved with or what has trickled down if you will but you know gas gas was bankrupt they were in the courts somebody bought them out a tarot group uh, who has ties actually even further back to bicycles and motorcycles more mopeds but still they changed their name they sold off some of that stuff and then as it kind of went on Throughout time, they're much more involved now in electric bicycles, and it seems like some of the, some electric motorcycles probably more like scooters, and then some kid motorcycles. So that's interesting that a group like that would buy gas, gas, but it, maybe they're buying gas, gas to get more involved again in the uh, what is it in the expulsion? No, uh, in the combustion engine department, opposed to just well, the battery engine. Plus suspension components, frame geometry. Uh, manufacturing capability. Gas Gas had some cool stuff. They did have some good European design, that is for sure. So, the the, the just the initial question is 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 where did this kind of start? Like, do you know kind of the any of the ins and outs of of what it would have looked like for Tarot coming in and purchasing Gas Gas, and then of course what those plans look like in, in initial plans. Obviously, we don't need to get nitty gritty right now. We've got lots of little questions. But in the sense of like what they kind of an overarching idea of where they plan to to kind of rebrand within America and and in the world at that point. Well, uh, absolutely. You know, it seems like they came in and uh, they bought up the company, and nobody really knew who they were or whatever. But uh, just from talking to my boss, um, and he was just over in Spain. I think it was last weekend. And uh, met with the CEO and all that. And Gas Gas wants, you know, a piece of the American market. And uh, they never really have seen that way before. In the past, it doesn't seem like, you know. Right. Like, uh, I've, I've ridden for them off and on since 03. And, you know, they've always, you know, done a little bit of support here in the States. But it's never been like a, you know, a main priority. And it seems like that uh, this new CEO definitely wants to be involved here. So it's good news as far as I can see. Yeah. And, uh, and definitely from the press release that came out when you were announced as kind of, you know, a, 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 and, and your title still kind of baffles me because I won't lie. They didn't really have a title for you. So I was kind of like support writer guy for the Northeast. I was like, well, that is very vague. I was like, they just they wanted your assets, and they just wanted you in there, and a title would come later. But being the fact that they mentioned in that press release that they want to be back racing by 2018, that's awesome. That's going to take a lot of finagling this year to bring uh, a lot of consistency to the name Gas Gas so that riders for that year in the 2018 that you'll be signing in six to seven months you know, will feel confident in the fact that they're going to be getting on a bike and a team, you know, that, that is going to be worth their merit and effort, you know, uh, at the level that they're going to be racing at. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, to backtrack a little bit, it's two different lines. It's, uh, you know, the electric bikes is one line, separate company, gas, gas, another, and they want to continue to evolve gas, gas in every way. And, um, you know, uh, I think they, they're going to assume production of the trials bikes here in March and, uh, the enduro bikes are going to follow that. So we should see bikes like mid summer, mm -hmm. maybe the 17s. 
and I'm super excited about that because you know uh, they're gonna be you know ground up you know hopefully uh, a great package and they already had a really good platform don't get me wrong but uh, you know there was some quality control issues I'm sure that uh, this new CEO isn't gonna put up with so I'm excited to see what the future holds. Very interesting. But as far as like my title is concerned, you know, this has been in the works for well over a year. Right. You know, I, um, I've been trying to become involved and uh, it's finally panning out and I couldn't be more excited to be involved like at the ground floor, you know, building this team from, from the bottom up, you know. Yeah, uh, and being in the Northeast... I was just thinking of this. How much one interaction have you had with J Day, and two, like, would that be a series to tap into since that series has such a a great mass media following? It really does, and uh, I've never been to a J Day event, and I would love to go because I feel like the events are awesome. I mean, you watch the videos from the events; those guys are just flying around, you know. I, I, I like the idea of the 30-minute motos and the smaller tracks and the, you know, people being able to see more of the race. And uh, I, I think Johnny Day has a lot of good ideas out there. But unfortunately, most of his races are like eight hours away from me. Ah, you know, okay. I'm, on, uh, I'm in western PA, Pittsburgh area, and most of his stuff is like Massachusetts, mm-hmm. that area, you know. So it's, it's a hike for sure. Right. Well, uh, before we totally get, I guess, into some of the, the all the questions and that kind of stuff, Dad, tell me, tell us a little bit about your history. And I don't think you ever like road gas glasses or anything like that, but a little oh, bit of the history of like you, you did. Okay, yeah, so I yeah, remember, tell us a little bit about what you kind of remember from gas gas Knights, back in the day. When the Knights stuff. were bringing them in. Now that we don't need to go into why they don't. Don Knight, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they basically were thirty percent of Sarah and. Uh, especially for the shorter riders, and the t- the two strokes were just incredible. I would still say that the best two stroke engine I ever rode was the three hundred gas gas. Now I didn't fit on the bike, okay, so I didn't get a chance to really do much with it because I believe they they used to be like a seven eight size or something, but their two stroke technology was tremendous, and they were starting to get four strokes, and then things just sort of disappeared. The four hundred right. I think came out. Wasn't quite with the program of, of some of the others, but it was a lot better than a lot of startups would think it to be. But their suspension was great, and the, the 250 and 350 engines were just electric. I mean, they just had torque and everywhere and over rev. Uh, they were great motors. What, uh... Absolutely. I can't speak for the night era. Uh, that was before my time a bit, but uh, from 2003 on, you know, I, I, I'm familiar with the bike and and I agree with you, you know, the, the, the motors are amazing. And uh, no matter, even if you like to ride like uh, moto style in the high RPMs, the, the bikes are still compliant for that too, you know. Um, I, I really dig the bikes, I always have, so uh, I can't wait to see what they're going to do in the future. Yeah, yeah. And Stephen Reed won Sarah a couple of times on his gas gas. Yeah. Overall Sarah. No. Stephen Reed? Yeah. Stephen Reed. Down oh, yeah. He was uh he was actually my teammate in two thousand five and two thousand six maybe. Uh, uh, the we rode for ISDE? Gas Gas. Oh teammate no, no, Gas we, Gas, okay. We rode for Gas Gas. Yeah, Gas Gas actually did their own importer ship 
uh, in Tampa, Florida, those couple of years with a, a fellow named uh, Juan Ramiro, and he hired myself, Stephen Reed, and possibly another rider that um it's slipping my memory at this point, but uh, yeah, I mean to do the National Enduros, and that's what we did. Stephen actually, I believe he won one of the National Enduros down south on a Suzuki and then and then Gas Gas had picked him up the following year. But uh yeah, I mean they were they were definitely gun ho back then and uh I hope that it, it goes that way now. Too bad he didn't rub off on Brian. When Brian was at LSU and he had his uh, Husky two fifty, <laughs> the Reeds used to drag him to the Enduros. Yeah, but that was one of those situations where they were doing that because John Reed was your friend. Not Stephen Reed was my friend. Like, Stephen and I got along, don't get me wrong. But, like, you know, it they still was like... rub off on you. They never drew... Like, th- this is what it looked like. I had to get a ride to their house, right? Even though I was 20 minutes away, I still... I had to get a ride to their house. They would drive me to the race. I'd bring it back. And, I'll, granted, I did all the bike work as much as I did until the damn thing broke. And then I'd still have to sit out in front of their house and wait for a ride home. Again, even though they were 20 minutes away. So you say that there's this great opportunity that I had, but you could tell that there was very little effort into giving a shit about what happened to Brian Pierce before and after a race weekend. Without and that's okay. That's not a complaint. That's just a fact. That's just what it was. we were in Arkansas. You were in yeah. Baton Rouge. I know. I'm just saying. Like, so this is what it is. Um, <laughs> you mentioned the quality control, and I think it's interesting that you bring that up because I would say that that's probably one of. Now, granted, I've never raced a gas gas, never owned a gas gas. I've probably ridden one a handful of times, and that is literally a handful. It would be under five for sure. So I've never had a chance to put one through the paces. Um, so this is definitely kind of just all hearsay and what I've kind of been around. But I think that the the biggest thing is is either a parts not holding up or B the ability to then get replacement parts for that and that was one of the things that we've talked a lot about that KTM did so well 20 years ago when they started to really rebrand and come back when they went bankrupt and got bought out by the sports group that now owns them and Husky Um, and then we've seen a lot of that with Beta too and that's a big thing that Beta is trying to make a big push is to make sure that people now realize is that they have that distributorship and the support system so Obviously, that's going to be something, that, as you mentioned, that the CEO of Toro is going to try to be very prominent on. Do you have any insight on kind of what that looks like on how they plan to make sure that that support system is there in the United States? And, and I would imagine even on the world, but obviously we're here, so we really care about us right now. <laughs> well, I don't have a ton of insight as far as the, the CEO is concerned, you know, Uh I'm focused on making, you know, a race effort for the East Coast this year. And I I know what everybody else knows from the press releases and uh, from the statements that the, the new CEO makes. But it sounds to me like spare parts is going to be up and running or is up and running. And it's not going to be a big issue. And I know in the past, like, it really hasn't been a huge issue as as far as I know. Like every time I ever rode for him, I never had any problem with getting parts. Um, you know, the quality control, you know, as, as far as the parts not holding up, you know, you're hit or miss, it seemed like, in, in a few past years. Um, like my current bike now, I've had for 
uh, over a year now, and I'm on the stock clutch. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like I, I've had really good luck with my bike, and um, I'm fortunate. You know, that I'm sure that there's plenty of guys out there that haven't had good luck, but that's with any brand. You know, uh, every bike has its quirks, but uh, it seems to me that this new company uh, wants to iron out any kind of defects which is good as far as I'm concerned I would agree yeah and and hopefully you know this is one of those situations where I would assume and hopefully that they do this right because you know having a lot of money is one thing but putting it in all the wrong places would be obviously detrimental so it's like it's not just saying hey we have 14 million dollars to put into gas gas you know beyond buying it and then paying the back uh, the back payments that were due, back debts, but being able to take that fourteen million dollars that they're putting in the gas, gas, and make sure that it goes into the right places. Now, granted, I don't have clue what those are. You have to have the right. infrastructure, but it's, the dealer it's, network, yeah. that are willing to stock parts, willing to, you know, do what it takes to be successful with the brand. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Sherco was actually uh, kind of going through a little bit of the history on the the bankruptcy, everything that went on. Is that Sherco was actually one of the ones that was kind of finagling it a little bit so oh there's a good one the, in the chat room roll out a direct injected two-stroke before anyone else and you'll make a huge splash in the off-road market i think you'd make a huge splash in the whole entire dirt bike market <laughs> direct injected two-stroke yeah that would definitely complicate things <laughs> yeah we would be worried about a whole another ball game of problems if that if that uh, was an issue yeah. that kind of came up and i would imagine that that's why it's actually been a, a recurring theme we've talked about a couple of times the past couple of weeks is a direct ejected two-stroke it seems like from what we hear the rare rumors that we do get here in the middle of texas is that everybody has one it's just that nobody's releasing it because they literally don't want to be the first person. Yeah. So maybe it'll be gas, gas. They'll just say, "F it, we're here. Let's play ball." The return of the oil injector, then. Yeah. Well, that's what Beta's rocking with right now. So in their uh, X trainer. But so a couple a couple things going on is Lenovo Group. And now is a, tell us a little bit about. <laughs> Lenovo Group because the, you know in the press release we saw a little bit about Lenovo Group. We're seeing I, that on the bikes that I've seen uh, pictures of you looking very suave, by the way, on uh, hanging over the motorcycle. So uh, talk us a little about who that group is and how, how they're involved with what's going on there. Lenovo Group is a uh, recruiting firm for like mid to executive level recruiting. In the, it's in the Pittsburgh Pennsylvania area. It's so, actually so after this, they're going to be calling me for a lot of pers- personal information. Sure. Yeah, yeah, a, I figured as much. High profile gig, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually uh, it's actually my wife and her brother started the company from scratch like five or six years ago. Awesome. And, uh, they built it into a very successful company, and uh, you know they're they're willing to help me out with uh, my racing endeavors and uh, get a little advertising in the meantime that's great i like that yeah and um is that specifically towards your the the race program you said that you're trying that you're going to be trying to grow there kind of in the northeast or is that something that's going to be even more specific towards a larger gas gas kind of corporate thing um you know like right now, it's basically focused on my racing efforts. Okay. And this team, but uh, you know, I wouldn't. Uh, 
I wouldn't put it past anybody to maybe look at this as an angle into the motorcycle industry as far as recruiting goes. And, you know, with Gas Gas wanting to have a big presence here in the United States and, uh, like, you know, they're looking at uh, uh, Southern California, you know, to yeah. get in there and, and to get some people over here and some maybe some R&D and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it might be an in for us to get involved in the motorcycle industry for sure. You I know, love we're that. involved with a, a lot of other industries, but, the, you know, not so much the motorcycle industry. So we're trying to maybe kick that door in a little. That kind of was my next question is, you know, you're in the Northeast. Will the rollout be like region by region or will gas gas dealerships be countrywide to start? Uh, the dealers are countrywide already. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of dealers out there and there's more, you know, that want to be involved. I mean, my boss gets uh, questions about it all the time, you know, how to become a dealer and when are we going to have bikes, you know. So th these are good things, that's for sure, you know. Yeah. Um, obviously, they, we need product. Yeah. So, and, and you know, I don't want to confuse people like we're putting the cart before the horse with this race team. Right. Uh, but, you know, we got to start somewhere. And right now we're on, you know, 50, 2015 equipment. And uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a great platform. You know, I, I've been riding it for a year now, and I, I love it. Um and we actually used, uh, I actually used one of your sponsors last year, uh, Steelwell Performance. For nice. And, uh, you know, they, they have the Mozarki 48 millimeter mm -hmm. dialed. So, uh, you know, I, uh, I called Alan up and he, he helped me out. But uh, unfortunately, this year we're going a little bit of a different direction, um, uh, mainly because Hepler has a long lasting relationship with PR2 which is very local for us. Okay. And, you know, you got to support the local companies. That's, that's for sure. That's what we say every time. You know, all of our sponsors do have their web presence and everything is purchasable online. But, you know, being that in reality, most of, the, most of us, you know, support a very small network locally and that's the best way to do it. You know, there's sometimes, yeah, sure, there's going to be great sales online and everything, but, you know, at least walk into your shop once a month, purchase some, purchase some stuff, and make sure they're getting your business. You mentioned Brock Hepler. That is a great point for us to just start talking about that. So, you're putting together this race team. He's kind of a kind of a support guy in the sense of helping grow the trials and enduro market more than it already is. But it, yeah, so talk us through a little bit about his hiring and kind of like where you all see you know, him being involved with Gas Gas and how he's going to help kind of, you know, help the brand and support and awareness as you guys continue to grow? Well, uh, absolutely. You know, I started talking to Brock uh, maybe a year ago, uh, maybe 14 months ago, something like that. And he had already had something kind of ironed out, you know, with a little bit of KTM support uh, through a shop. And uh, that was all good. But you know, I kept in contact with him over the, the course of the year and I uh, saw him at some local races and stuff and, and, and battled with him. And, uh, you know, he, he, he's a great rider. He, he's still yeah. blazing. Yeah. He's and, been at uh, a couple Enduros and like really done well in the A classes. Right. I mean, like if not one well, or one no, or two of them, right? He, uh, yeah, he, he's, he rode a couple national Enduros this year. And I think he was in the top 10 in both, you know, and I mean, this is a guy that's, 
it's not he wasn't training he wasn't riding often you know he's just like showing up throwing a leg over his bike and you know doing work i guess right you know? <laughs> doing what doing what a brock hepler does <laughs> doing what a, yeah superstar does you know so i mean the guy he, you wouldn't know that he was like one of the baddest dudes on a motorcycle in the world you know to talk to him he's this down to earth cool chill dude and uh I thought he would be a great fit with Gas Gas, and I've, I've been talking to him and, and talking to Gas Gas and trying to align the stars, so to speak, and we finally got it done uh, this just here lately, and uh, I couldn't be happier. I really couldn't. That's that Lenovo group recruiting coming in on handy, isn't it? <laughs> you got that. Your wife is just, yeah, getting in there with that recruiting magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a tough job. I was a recruiter for a while. That's not an easy job. No, I know. It's funny though, Dad. You know, you're retired now, but you don't have to be. Right. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man, send me a resume. (laughs) I can't can't move to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, well, no, we'll get you in on the on the on. You can go to Southern California. Take care of the grandkids. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) We we're very very thankful. For the fact that we have so many family members that are this close, because now that the the youngest is almost two, they're getting to that point where we can kind of, you know, leave them and not feel like they're going to turn into complete shit bags. Liam, right. on the other hand, he's three and a half, so he's a three and a half year old shit bag. There's nothing we could do about that, whether he's with them, with us, or you know, with yeah. anybody. Texas tornado. But yeah, he is just a handful. So, but yeah, you can't go to California, dude. I can totally relate. I have an eleven uh, month uh, shit ball. You know, <laughs> See, and three. a five-year-old who's probably the best well-behaved five-year-old on the planet somehow. I don't know how that happened, but I'm paying the price for the, the uh, new baby. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. He's a wild man. What's so. crazy, though, is it's, it's like, I for, for me anyway, it was like under two, well, under 18 months. Bat shit crazy is they're an infant or you know they're 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 working their way toward toddler they 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 can't express themselves blah 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 all these excuses you know for why they're batshit crazy and then mm-hmm. then they turn into this kind of like sweet little thing for a little bit right they're like oh it's so awesome yay and it might last six to eight months and then all of a sudden Dude. and if you're lucky a year but then all of a sudden it's just like they're just like just a Oh, like Liam right now. I mean, it he's is testing just, boundaries. Oh, buddy, it is. You see how fast he can go before he day to day. You just want to like wring his little cute I'm ass neck. <laughs> it is oh, ridiculous. Man, I know. So I, know. I can't wait to get him on a motorcycle, so that way he can go hurt the trees and I don't hurt him. <laughs> how old is he? How Three and a half right now. So I'm trying to I'm trying to get him on a pedal bike. Like he's on a kick bike, a 12 inch kick bike right now. Oh, yeah. Balances is all over the place does fantastic but he doesn't want to move up to the pedal bike but i'm not putting him on training wheels because training wheels um, to me training wheels are bad news, man. yeah so they just it's it's a false hope so it i'm is. hoping he gets to pedaling by four and if he can get to right. pedaling by four right. then we'll find a nice little used bike in the oh, we have the electric bike yeah so we, we've actually have one of the little osat 12 inch bikes that we're hoping to kind of get him to figure hoping out hoping to but, trade in and get a, a tarot that would be fantastic. I'm okay with They'll that. They'll be here in April. There it is. Yeah, so let's talk about that lineup a little bit. So we know Brock Hepler's coming in. He's going to do a badass job for you guys. 
Lots of cool, right. lots of cool pictures. If nothing else, of him jumping the shit out of that bike. That's for damn yeah, sure. Whipping a, a gas gas. Yeah, uh, which none of us have been able to do as well as he could do, unfortunately, to this day. But so train plug shots. Yep. Yeah, it's so Tarot Group. Uh, we were talking about has kind of a hold, uh, a little bit of a side on all this electric stuff. So. Are they going to be working with gas gas? Kind of to your point, you know, they've got all these data bits like about all these motorcycles to kind of like start making electric bikes, big and small. It's I, I'm not sure what their plans are. I know that it's two separate entities, you know. So I'm sure okay. they'll be sending information back and forth or whatever. But uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's uh, I don't think you're going to see a, an electric gas gas anytime soon. Right. And now talk to us though about the the little kids bike that you're saying is coming through in April. Yeah. Well, all I know about them is they're coming in 10 inch and 12 inch uh, wheel sizes. So, perfect. Perfect sizes. Um, yeah, they are perfect for like three, four years old, you know. Uh, I did the OSIT thing and uh, for my five-year-old, but uh, this time around I'm definitely going with the Tarot. Well, are there any plans to grow the line to larger motorcycles, electric motorcycles? Yeah, I really, I can't speak on behalf okay. of them. I, I don't know enough about what they have planned. Uh, all I know is what Gas Gas North America has planned as far as racing is concerned, really, you know, and, uh, and that's, that's, uh, quite, quite enough for me. You know, I got my hands full right now. Absolutely. Yeah, you do. I think that's a, that's a solid point though. Um, is that what you, exactly what you said. And then your point right there is that Tarot has, now granted, I, again, we don't know the full capacity of their electric bikes at this point, be it that, you know, where they're at. Uh, Bicycle-wise, kind of moped-wise, if they are motorcycles. But they're now about to, well, they have a lot of access and data from all of these years of gas-gas dirt bikes. Full-size dirt bike. Well, in your case, maybe 7 8 size, but still. So the fact that, that, that that's probably on the plate at some point. It should be. Down the line. You know, especially right. like Chris Kiefer is doing all this testing with those Alta Motor, Alta Motor, some Alta, I think Alta Motorsports or Alta Motor bikes or whatever on this electric bike. I mean, it's going to be like 14 grand. And it's going to be crazy expensive, but in the long run, it's That's crazy expensive because it's the first one and the batteries are literally made, though, for two 30 minute motos. They're, you know, you get the bike with two batteries. The first one lasts 35, 37 minutes. The second one lasts 35, 37 minutes. And you pack up and go home because the charger's not fast enough. What do you do for practice? <laughs> but exactly. But the thing is, is that it's this is the first one that's made to be a specific race bike, right? So as more of this kind of technology comes out and comes around, everybody then can kind of help it evolve. And it's if Gas torque. Gas and Tarot start to kind of, yeah. kind of help torque. with that. Electricity is the way to go. The Maximum torque is at zero and one RPM. That's when they make their most torque. It's coming off of uh, zero. That, right, right. And I think yeah, I think the biggest advantage to having an electric bike, just from from my standpoint, is like I won't piss my neighbors off every time I go riding. You know. Yeah. I mean, I live, I live in a, a neighborhood, and I'm lucky enough to be backed up against some woods. But every time I go out, you know, they're they're not happy about it. <laughs> Um, we had a guy in the chat room. What forks will the gas gas be using going forward? So is anything going to change from the Marzokis? Well, I'm not sure. Okay. 
That's all I can say is uh, I know the, the, the pictures of the, the newer model that was released last week, I think. Uh, they had Mozarkis on them, but I'm not sure, you know, what's going to happen. I know they were having some trouble financially as well, so I'm not sure. Yeah, um, and I was just trying... Okay, so here's what I do know is that Fox Racing acquired Marzocchi, um, and that happened back in October. But here's the question, is we do know that there's Fox Racing mountain bikes and there's fox racing dirt bikes and, right. and they're they're not exactly two separate divisions Marzocchi was in both um, fields as well but the thing that i yeah. do know is that that was two separate like that was there was they shared information but they treated it as two separate entities right. now the fox i don't believe is treated as two separate entities it's fox racing and fox racing does shot you know these shocks and these shocks and these shocks and these shocks but now, with Marzocchi being purchased by Fox Racing, does that mean if they were to go still with the Marzocchi route, that they would have access to possibly an entry level and a high end fork and or shock? That's the one thing we have never seen in the dirt bike world. We've never seen those kind of options. Now, granted, you're going to have works parts, you know, works suspension, things like that. But the one, like say like on a mountain bike world, you've got levels. Just what we were going through the other day, we've got Compulsion levels levels. of forks, we've got levels of shocks, and the amount of dampening that you can get with these kinds of things. It's something we've never really seen in the dirt bike world. So with if Marzocchi being purchased by Fox, who both of these guys at one time and Fox currently huge in the mountain bike industry, can we possibly start to see things of that nature in? the dirt bike world or is the dirt bike just so controlled by suspension unlike a mountain bike that it has to be at a certain level or it just doesn't function where it's worth riding well a lot of that's come from the manufacturers let me jump on that for just a second uh, because back in the day there were different levels of shock okay there was stock and then aftermarket you know you had you had entry level walmart quality stock shocks and then you'd go buy a Kony or a uh, Kurnut or you know, Works Performance or oh, something Kernet. like that. Oh, Kurnut. Oh, yeah. Those guys were huge in the in yeah. downhill mountain biking and, when we first came and out. And the manufacturers have gotten their act together so well that, yeah, you can get another kind of shock, but the best thing you can do, take the stock shock and just let Stillwell tweak it. Same thing with the fork. <laughs> Shameless plug. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, sh- um, shameless ad, sorry. No, it's okay. And, and <laughs> you know, those guys do great work. I still work with them all the time, so that's totally Somebody fine by like me. Somebody like us too, well. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, what would you think? You know, you've been a rider and a racer for a long time. You've you've raced in the Northeast. You've raced around the country. You've traveled around the world at the ISCE with the junior team. What are your thoughts on on possibly? And this really doesn't have anything to do with gas, gas in general. Just like if if bikes. If dirt bikes started to come with the ability to upgrade certain parts right from the get-go, you know, it's, and I, I think in this we're probably talking just specifically to suspension, but right, right. Well, there's always a way to upgrade, right? You know, like yeah. You can always upgrade. You know, send your suspension out and get it revalved or whatever. But I see what you're saying. Like, as far as a price point is concerned, it could come with like. You know, an older style open bath fork or something, 
you know, I, I'm not sure. Like, uh, there's that company AGP out there, and they're making like a, a a price point that is much lower, and they have a full size enduro bike. And uh, I'm not sure what components they're coming with, but I'm sure it's not like top quality race components. But uh, you know, they're getting that price point down for the average trail rider. I'm assuming. I don't know a whole lot about them. Just what I've read. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. And also, too, to that point of what you're talking about, kind of like more of that entry level or entry to entry to market, as some of those say, and like those kind of price point level bikes, um, was like auto parts stores. You'll walk in there and see almost full size motorcycles that they're selling that are just like Chinese knockoff brands <laughs> yeah. um, that they're selling. And, and the thing is, is, is in that situation, a customer who is ignorant to motorcycles in general may not realize that what they're buying is, you know, if they go try to do anything serious on it, they're going to get way more hurt than it's they like expect. buying a, a glitzy bicycle from Walmart. It may look good, but it'll last two weeks. Yeah. You find, those are the shit you find out the hard way, unfortunately, yeah. which is no fun. Okay. So as we wrap it up, what are some of the things that you wanted to tell us that we did not ask you about? Well, uh... Basically, what we're going to be doing this year is um, we're going to be riding a series called Aces Enduros. Say it and again. It's primarily Aces. Aces? Yeah. Okay. Aces Enduros. And it's primarily Southern Ohio. Uh, I think there's one in Indiana and one in PA. And they also coincide with a couple national Enduros. But, um, you know, I. Uh, it's a really old series, you know, it's been called a bunch of different things, but like guys like Burleson and Cunningham and all those guys, legends, you know, grew up racing those and stuff and it's a great series. The clubs down there are phenomenal. They put on amazing races, best single track, uh, very technical and we really like it. But um, we're going to focus on that. Also, we're going to do a couple of nationals also um, and... We're really going to put a lot of effort into qualifying for six days this year. Hepler has shown a lot of interest in, in, you know, trying out six days and being on a club team, getting his feet wet, and seeing what he can do. And, and I really think that he could excel at that type of uh, type of racing um, yeah. with his speed and his background. Um, the full gas sprint enduros are, are very enticing, um, I think. Next year, I would really like to focus on a series, you know, like that. Um, also, GNCC could be in the future for Gas Gas, maybe 2018. Um, you know, we were late to the game this year, that's for sure. Um, I talked to a few riders, but everybody pretty much had their their ride settled in whenever I got the nod to go ahead and find some guys. And uh you know, luckily I had been talking to Brock for as long as I had, and, and he was flexible and in a position where he could, you know, work with us. He's going to help with R&D. He's going to be a, a big part of this program. Um, and I'm going to be racing myself still. And, uh, you know, we hope to raise brand awareness and, and, you know, help to rebuild the Gas Gas name. And uh, hopefully everything goes well and this is a long-term thing I'm, i couldn't be more excited to be in on ground zero with a company other than gas gas i mean like i said i have a, 
uh, a long relationship with the company. I just, uh, I really believe in the brand. Right on. Yeah, it'll be great to see what continues to happen with the full gas sprint enduro. Um, we've got all kinds of um, ISTE talk that we're going to be having, and I finally got in touch with Auntie, and Auntie's going to be coming on the show uh, hopefully next week when he's back in the States and everything from the guys traveling down south. I want to talk about the ISDE and all the changes that they're going to be making with the team sizes and everything. And then, of course, I want to talk more about what's going to be happening with Jeff Fredette and how he's going to be taking over with Gunny's kind of position there with Team USA and what's going to be going on and how qualifiers are going to continue to work because the full gas Sprint Enduro is, is something. It sucks that those kinds of series can't be nationwide. It, it, it can be a national yeah, series. But it just sucks that, and it's not their fault. It really isn't. We have a huge freaking country, and it is just too darn expensive to travel across the country. It is. It's 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 just what it is. And we don't have any deserts in the east. Yeah. So you can't take the desert rides in the uh, east. Yeah. And it's you like can't take first gear woods riding out to the desert. Yeah. It's like the GNCC series needs to either, I mean, create a GNCC west, and then have their east, and then same thing with full gas, like. Take a formula that obviously is working. People are happy about. They're having a good time racing and doing it, and bringing it to the West, or you know, and however you want to do that, because the series aren't the same, um, and the things that people want to use to test athletes to go to six days, and then obviously to go to different other events, um, they're not all over the states. So and they're on the same weekends. Yeah, it's nobody, so nobody likes each do other. More than one anyway. So, but it'll be I interesting. I think what Jason Hooper's doing is phenomenal. Somebody should have been doing this 20 years ago. Yep. You know, I mean, like, uh, it's only going to help all the U.S. riders get better at, you know, world enduro type stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, we've never had a guy from the States go over and win a world enduro title. I mean, we, we thankfully, Sipes, you know, has finally, you know, stepped up and, and won an ISDE overall. Which is great. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's far cry from where we were. But, uh, you know, the, we still haven't won as a team. And uh, it's, it's going to take time. But I think the Sprint Enduros is the is wave of the future. That's for sure. Yeah. And I wonder, too, like, if there's been talk of, like, obviously we know this year with the full gas Sprint Enduro, they've, they've grown a lot. Um, they mm -hmm. went from four races. They went from one, you know, one or two races the first year. Then they went to four. And now they're at eight this year. Like in right. Crust. Um, and they're AMA sanctioned. And, and yeah, it's it's gonna be epic, man. It's gonna be so cool to see that series grow and the way that people are gonna kind of. What's what's interesting is I have tried and tried and tried the past couple of years to get even as Jason and I were going to you know, the ISDE back in 2012 and starting to kind of get our feet wet and learning more about the ISDEs. Like, I was like, we need to do something like this in Texas and no one would ever listen. And finally, two years ago, somebody did and put one on. A lot of people enjoyed it, but they, most of the people that watched were racers, but none of them wanted to do it because the one we did was kind of in between a sprint enduro slash extreme enduro. It was the one at Barnwell on that Saturday. Remember, you showed up like halfway in the middle. A little um, short couple of gas gas would have been great. Yeah, and it, but it was epic. It was a lot of fun. But now that Toro is trying to figure out a way to kind of revitalize their series a little bit, I'm like, dude, just drop the cross-country shit. Start doing uh, sprint enduros. And P yes, 
people are going to be like, I don't want to do this. And then every single time, you're going to have at least five or ten more people that come out and be like, this is so much more fun than cross-country <laughs> racing. And every yeah, time, so- you'll pull in that many more people. I was like, but you just got to make a stand. You just got to you gotta cut, cut the cord. They're trying to do this thing where they're like, have a sprint enduro weekend and then have a hair scramble weekend and then have a sprint enduro. I was like, if you want to mm-hmm. do that... Sprint enduro on Saturday, Saturday, hair scramble on Sunday. Hair scramble on Sunday, absolutely. You use yeah, the same shit. That. You use the same shit, so there's no practice, right? So the sprint enduro technically is your practice for the hair scramble if you want to have practice. Right. And that way everybody gets to ride in on Saturday doing the sprint enduro, and then everybody gets their, if they want to call it, real racing on <clears> Sunday <throat> with their hair scramble. But no, no, it's too hard. <laughs> But then we go back to right. practice again. What, what, how many circuits have practice for a hair scramble? Usually you get a sighting lap and that's it. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a Texas thing. That's and a Texas thing. Uh, what episode was it? You were on it. You were on the far right, the table inside. It was like 170-something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mark Weeks was here and all that stuff. That's the one where we talked about that a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot. Well, cool, so dude. Wait, you, were in, uh, you were in Germany then in 2012? I was, yep. All right. Yeah, I was there on the Wellard Club team that year. Oh, no shit. Well, there you go. Yeah, with Jordan Brand and uh, oh. Fred Hope. I remember, yeah, I remember all those guys, but apparently I don't pay attention well enough to the sexy sons of bitches on the team. <laughs> That's where I missed yeah. out. It was There were too many beer lines. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I loved how yeah, every man. single uh, special test we sold up, we uh, walked up to, it was like, Beer and food. It was Germany. Dude, no. It was awesome. So awesome. I was like, why the F can't people... Because like, the thing is, it's like, oh, you want to drink responsibly out here in public? Awesome. We're going to trust you as adults to drink responsibly in public. Like, that's what that was. I was like, thank you for treating me like an adult. And I did. <laughs> it was the guys in spandex that were drinking in public that really freaked me the F out. But it's Germany, so I can't really do anything about it. Lederhosen. Yeah. It was, it was nowhere near Lederhosen. <laughs> I'm telling you, there were way too many dudes wandering around in spandex, and they did not just walk off of a road bike because they were running around with little cigarettes in their hands and little fanny packs. It was fun. It was something special. It was something awesome. special. Well, have you had a chance to uh, go go to the factory at all and see what... Anything in where the gas gas are going to be made or? Uh, I have not. No, uh, my boss was. That's just step over there. two. Make it happen. <laughs> just call him up. Yeah, like I'm going, buddy. Yeah, tomorrow I'll get on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would help because then you you know you could talk with with a little more uh, background and 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 you'd know you'd seen them. You could share with the factory some of the issues that you're seeing over here because you don't know that that stuff's getting through. You know, a lot well, of times... I firmly believe that, that my boss is relaying the message pretty okay. well. Uh, he's been over there a couple times, and uh, I think they've heard the, the, the majority voice from over here, that's for sure. Uh, well, that's good. That's good to know because a lot of times management filters for the, for the profit element. But they filter a lot of what gets back to the manufacturing organ, not just in motorcycles. You know, in general? In general. They're like, oh, no, there's no problems. Buddy, let's talk about <laughs> issues. Well, cool, dude. Well, we really appreciate you coming on the show. We need to chat a little bit about that Dallas Supercross, but everything that was going that, uh, that we did this past weekend. And uh, we're already at that hour limit, so... I'm on my awesome. thir- I'm on my third beer, so it could get weird. And like last week, last <laughs> yeah, week got this, weird. This was great. 
Oh no, this I completely agree. Uh, I got no issues when it runs long because of the fact that we have a, we have fun funny. chatting about dirt bikes. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Absolutely. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and so here's what we're gonna do. I know that we want to definitely chat with you and Brock Hepler in the near future. Uh, like you we'll mentioned, yeah, you mentioned that Brian Story was actually a teammate of yours quite a few times with the ISCE. So we want to make sure that we make that happen. We'll get Brian Story here back on the couch. Uh, Ooh, buddy, I got the burpees. And then we'll get a chance to chat with him, with you, get some good, fun, nasty, awesome uh, ISDE stories, hopefully more after-party stories, because I'm sure everybody's tired of hearing my one that I have. And then uh, maybe talk, too, about Brock Kepler and all the good times he's got going on. So we're going to make that come to fruition. And the Gas Gas update. Absolutely. And then, yeah, it'll be like maybe it's just a monthly Gas Gas update. <laughs> whenever the bike shows up in my yard, I'll know that we're having a good time. Right, right. All right, well, uh, <laughs> thanks again for having me. Absolutely, man. Enjoy your evening, and we will definitely chat soon. All Thank right. You. Ow! See you guys. Peace. Later. So, Dallas Supercross, Dad, we talked about it in third place. Jason Anderson, you love watching him ride. I love watching him ride. But he's just the, all over that motorcycle. But in a good way. Like He's, so, he's kind of tall. Body English. Body English? In- English. Yeah, it? just like... Both British. He uses his shirt as an airbrake or something, going into corners. Got to. With his Got shirt to. tail flapping loose. Right, just making it happen. He's so much fun to watch. So did we have fun at oh, Dallas Supergrass? We had, and we had no special deals. We yeah. didn't go with the BTO guys this year. We just did the Brian and Steve show, and I had a great time. Of course, this thing over here, motocross is an excuse for socializing. You know, I'm sitting there watching the watch going, well, they're about to start second qualify. Well, they're about to start third qualify. And we're going from tent to tent outside with the with the party goers. Um, that's him. And um, But once we got inside, it was awesome. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and, and to Dad's point, like in the past couple times that I've been, in the past couple, and then we've gone together, we've kind of always had somebody that offered some small uh, ability for us to go with them, right? And last year, we spent the money, uh, and by we, I mean Dad, spent the money for us to go on the BTO VIP experience, which was ridiculously fantastic. If anybody wants to sell a liver, possibly a testicle, to afford to be able to go on the BTO VIP experience, do it. Because it was fantastic. It was absolutely amazing. But we realize it's like, you know what, we don't want to do that anymore. We just want to kind of go be do us, do our thing. And we did. Turns out we sat right across. Like it, we, I randomly bought tickets online that like had good handicap spots, so easy access for Dad. That he could have an aisle row. We literally sat right next to our friends, uh, Mark, Mark McCain and Jenna Cott. Like it was like, what is going on? Like so... It turned out to be even more fantastic because the times that we weren't totally in the race and we got a chance to just chat with them. We had good friends like literally sitting right next to us. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, so. and the seats were awesome. Yeah. We didn't get to see much of the start, but we were just about on the other, as far as you can get from the starting line. And uh, we had great view of the racing. We just didn't get to see the first turn. Yeah. So here, here's a little bit, again, never in my life have raced Supercross, nor do I think I ever would have. But it's like if I had... Any kind of thoughts, immediately when I was looking at that track, I go, holy crap, they're taking a left-hand turn, which is fantastic that it wasn't a right-hand turn, because then they wouldn't have access to the rear brake. 
the left-hand turn into a rhythm section, which was awesome. I was like, that's cool. That's good. They're going to be tight. That could get dirty. But hey, it, it stayed pretty clean there mm-hmm. most of the evening. I think everybody knew how nasty it could get if they got on top of each other. But going right into that over-under or to the over part of the over-under, I was freaking out. I was thinking that that was going to be some of the nastiest stuff we'd seen. Well, it had a pre-jump. And like, but it turned out okay. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. and, and they're professionals. I'm not. And I think it was more of a fear of what I would probably do in that situation, much more than what riders like that and do in that year, kind of situation. I thought they did a much better job with the, with the whoops. Last year, when Brian and I were there for the... I mean, everybody do, doesn't maybe see this, but there's a whole day of qualifying just about to get to the qualifying. Right. You know, when you're, when to, you're yeah, watching to, the heat race To technically race qualify for the night yeah, show. Yeah, there was, there's 40 people there. There might have been 120 people in the morning that gets whittled down to the, you know, 40-some-odd people that, that come to the line. But when we were at the race last year, it seemed like they were carting kids off of there right and left off of the one jump section that was too far and uh, and out of the whoops. I mean, there were there were kids being carted off all the time, mostly in the 250 class. Yeah. This year, I, I, it looked a lot safer because they put that, if you watch the show, they put the wall jump yeah. right between, right in the middle of some serious whoops. I loved that wall. You, know, uh, you I, saw, I think, were a little less in the loving factor of that wall. I was waiting for somebody to try to jump. I just... I was waiting for somebody to try to hit that it's wall not, hard and jump the second. The problem section. was is that the back part of the whoops were still supercross whoops. It, yeah. If they had been motocross whoops, if they'd have come up I short, absolutely think that some crazy ass Blake Baggett would have tried they, it, they like he did at the, 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 the Texas Twelve Pack back when we still had a national in Texas. He did that and it was phenomenal. But because those things were literally like. I mean, it would have, it would have, he would have Joey Savachi if they'd have tried to jump it. So, speaking of that part, there's been a lot of controversy on the whole Christian Craig Joey Savachi thing. You know, that second time they went through the whoops, technically, you know, first full lap, if you will. Um, and, and I've watched it over and over and over again, and I'm kind of like, I don't see why there's so much BS going uh-huh. on. How is that any different than jamming a guy into the hay bales in a yeah, in, in a turn? Car? Yeah, it, it's like I know that I have a rider close to me, right? He's close to me. He's behind me somewhere. Who's probably either you know he's like I'm coming up this wall. I'm on the far right. He's probably close to my left, off of what I can hear. Imagine anyway. And so if I don't start to fade left through these second set of whoops, he can't he's going to be riding up my inside left and trying to block past me into this 180 yeah. at the head. So what am I going to do being the rider on the Protect right? The inside. I'm going to start fading to the left into the turn through the whoops. Period. Like, And that's a cross-country racer <laughs> talking about strategy. And so that happens. That's what Christian Craig does. Christian Craig fades to the left. He is, he is racing the whoops. He's not riding the whoops. And Joey Savacci got just... I mean, the fact that he wouldn't expect him to do that... Because what Joey Savacci should have done, if he was wanting to do that and having expected that, maybe ride the complete left side of the whoops to really try to run up onto the inside of Craig. Um, opposed to ride it was, it was a third of the way into the whoops. Um, there wasn't a line through the outside, though. right? But that's also why you got to just make one if that's what you want to do. Well, but he did okay. I mean, he came back, and 
I think he finished what tenth, ninth, ninth, something like that. So yeah, tenth maybe. He did a good job of coming back and yeah. salvaging a bad situation. Salvages the points. The problem then is that Cooper Webb. It, not the problem. Everybody's going to have their their thoughts, opinions on on points and that kind of thing. But the thing is, it's like if you want to keep the points tight and keep Cooper Webb, Joey Savacci, and Christian Craig kind of all in this thing, you didn't want you didn't want Webb to win. Win. You wanted yeah. You wanted Craig to kind of get yeah. that win. You wanted Cooper Webb to be in second or third, and you wanted Savachi just get as far up as he could after that wreck um, to keep the points semi close. But now that Cooper Webb's got the win, not only does he have a points lead further on top of Craig, but he's yeah. but he's they're all still within one race. All it takes is so, one bad. Yeah, but they've only got two. What two, three left? Because that was the last West. There's two left. So. And that's the first time we've seen uh, Texas when it wasn't the East. That was weird. Yeah, that felt funny. I used to enjoy, okay, this is our first chance to see the 250 East guys. Oh, wait, this is another West race. We've been watching the West guys on TV for how long? It's weird, but no Houston. Apparently there's been some, uh, what's the deal, like a bunch of backlash between what Feld Motorsports wants the uh, the people down there in Houston to do in the area for safety reasons and so the security bits and stuff and now that's been done so it's like okay we're not coming back so we're going back to Toronto that's cool yeah. I, I like the fact that we can go that far north I mean granted I've never been up there but I think it's neat to be able to go into Canada and, and get a lot of you know to give the access to a lot of Canadian riders to come and be able to you know give their hand at Supercross um, that can't make a lot of the other rounds, and then of course for us to go expose, you know, Supercross to many more people outside of just America. But Savachi did well, but you know who gets the comeback rider of the weekend? Marvin Muskan. Actually, oh, all of his passing cars. You know, it's funny is on the Pulp Mech show. I loved it. They even talked to him about you know how he did such a great job passing everybody because how they said that so many different riders were talking about how. They didn't like the track in the sense that it was really hard to pass. And I'm like, well, I mean, sometimes... Go we'll talk just, to Marvin. I was like, obviously, he did a fantastic job out of it. So, <laughs> And I remember a couple of years ago, you, you you know, we were both there. Kurt Caselli took us over to talk to the team. This was when he was running the kids program. And, you know, Roger was there and and, and Muskan was there. And, uh, you know, I, I, I talked to him. I, I said, wow, what a great job you did. You put on a clinic a passing clinic if you only hadn't had trouble in the first turn. And Roger DeCoster gave him the dirtiest look. It's like, oh man, did I say the wrong thing? But he absolutely put on the same passing clinic in the 450 class. Um, he's going to be scary soon. That was uh, that was Roger, Roger DeCoster looking at Marvin Muskan going, see, told you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's like Roger must have said the same thing five minutes earlier. Um, but that was a good race in the 450 class. Yeah, it was. It was interesting because we kept looking and seeing and hoping that we could get a little bit of that Dungey, you know, moving up on Roxon. And it was good to see, like, right there, probably around the 15th or 16th lap, um, on that rhythm section, that on and off kind mm-hmm. of, you know, tabletop to singles and such. Like, you could see Ryan just, like, boop, like, just hit he this quad thing that he just, no one else had hit. But that was the one time he had a chance to try to make it on Roxanne. It didn't make it work. Roxanne knew it was probably going to be coming later on. So Roxanne picked it up a little bit. And Dungey just had nothing and for him. There's enough point. races left that if uh, Roxanne wins out, you can give him the number one play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not done-done. Um, 
I got a few more too. What are your thoughts on possible? Uh, what are your thoughts on possible Chase series points? Say again. Chase series points, where if they were to go say say it's seventeen round series, so we got they go ten rounds, and then they reset the points. Oh, you mean like NASCAR does? Right. I hate that. Why do you hate that? I hate that. And and I don't. I honestly don't have a preference. So why do you hate that? Um, because because it, it it's artificial. It, it's a, you know, and then NASCAR takes maybe if you did it once like they used to, but then they keep cutting people out and cutting people out and cutting people out. Um, motor racing is a season-long endeavor, right? You know, and you are the season champion. You're not necessarily the the la- you you can just barely make the show. If you peak at the right time, you might have had a really crappy first half of the year, but you peak at the right time and you make the finals. It it's a championship for the year, but I'm I'm open to it. I'll, I'll go either way. I'm open to it because of the fact that it'll be interesting to see what happens. But apparently, like, just watch, listening to Pulp MX last night and then kind of paying attention to Twitter today, like, that's what's happening for 2017. Like, yeah. that's what they think is coming down the pipeline. Not as the bad, good, or bad, you know, again. And that's one of the things that I do love about Mathis is that He's all for change. And I am too. Like, I really like the fact that he's just kind of like, let's try this, let's try this, let's try this. Like, you don't have to do it the whole season. You know what I mean? Like, you can just kind of see what happens. And, uh... uh, I still say, though, the biggest change you can make, when did people cheer? When there was passing. Passing. When people, they weren't cheering for crashes. I mean, everybody was up on their feet and cheering and going nuts when people were getting ready to pass or passing. That's what gets the crowd into it. Yeah, and you notice, I think, so far this year, we've had way better racing than we've had in a lot of years. Yeah. I even think the Dallas track was fantastic racing. I think, I think you know, to the point of what maybe some of the riders were saying about having issues with passing, maybe... I. You know, I honestly have to watch the main for the third yeah, time I, to figure it out. But I see again, <laughs> if somebody, if I designed a track, and the riders told me it's hard to pass on my track, I'd be insulted. I'd feel terrible because the fans are there to see passing. The riders are there for passing. They're not there to play follow the leader and fall off in a ninety-foot triple jump. Right. They're there for passing. They're there for winning, and if you get a bad start. You gotta be able to pass to make up for it, unless you're moose game. Yeah, I get off the soapbox. No, I I think your soapbox is uh is one to be on. Well, you got all kinds of notes, and I don't have any yeah, of them. Gonna, so what, what other kind of stuff you want to talk about? What I still find amazing though is is the guys that are still out. You know, Blake Baggins. Oop, Blake Baggett. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, uh, Hobbit. The, the Hobbit. The Hobbit. Baggins. The Hobbit. Uh, he's still out. Of course, Stewart. I don't know what that story is. You know. But And then Barsha. There's three guys missing there that, of course, Baggett's not a contender yet. But Barsha could be. Yeah. And Stewart certainly could be if he was, if he was out there trying. Um, so 
the only I think the only guy that can really give Dungey a rough time this year is is going to be Roxon, his former teammate. Well, the interesting thing about Stewart is there's a you know is unlike a lot of other sports, everybody nobody talks like athletes in this, in in motocross and supercross think that we need to hide the facts and not let other people know what the truth is because then that makes the sport better. And honestly, the second half of what I just said doesn't come to them at all. They don't think about a decision that they make to talk about their injury and what they've gone through. They think about it as a personal, egotistical level. They don't think about it as how it affects the sport. So someone like James Stewart who, come to find out, actually had a hand injury before Anaheim won. So he hit his head, mm-hmm. had maybe, you know, that, and this is where it's up in the air, might have had a concussion, may not have had a concussion, any of that kind of stuff. Comes into A1, unfortunately, you know, and, and again, this is totally my opinion, Dungey fucks up, gets out of control, T-bones the shit out of Stewart, and completely knocks him out. Like, he gets knocked off the bike, head hits the ground, and just knocks him out cold. That you can prove from the footage. Like, that dude is just out. You know that he's concussed at that point. So let's just say Stewart had a concussion before the series. That That is speculative. But, so then he gets a concussion. Concussions, we all know, there's really no science behind it. It's just hope and pray that you've spent the amount of time to make sure that your brain is not as swelled up as you think it would be. And don't get another one. And don't get another one. And so then Stuart comes back, and he's going, holy shit, I'm seeing blurry. And he does what I think is the smart thing and pulls off. Like, at that point, he's like, you know what? It was not the right time. Um, This concussion has me going too far. Um, But it's... It's so crazy to think that this guy's going to, that Stewart would come in into the season with a possible head injury and feel like he could be 100%. That's where it's kind of like, oh, shit. But then now it's taking all this time. It's kind of like, well, yeah, you're starting to see <laughs> that this is, that these kind of, and we all need to learn from this. Head injuries are so much more serious than yes. we think they are. Yes. Um, that concussion that I had in Oklahoma like four or five years ago, there are times that I still have anxiety issues over that attack. Like, I mean, it was just retarded. But How many times happens. have we whacked a tree and seen stars in the woods? Yeah. Were those concussions? Very, well, that's very, all that happened to me. Possible. That's all that happened to me. But I got back to the truck. I couldn't talk. <laughs> like, oh, that was bad. I, I couldn't talk. I, I couldn't do math. Like, any of that kinds of stuff. Like, all these things about, like, I think I knew my name. I knew the birth date. I knew my birth. I knew my name. I knew my birth date. And I knew the day it was. I didn't know the president. I didn't know any of that stuff. All the typical football questions. Um, you know, and it's just like, so. But then now the Yoshimura Suzuki team has no riders. With, with both Blake out and Stewart out. And they, they didn't bring in any villains. Like the... And shoot, yeah, no, it was great because that was one of the things, too, that uh, Mathis had mentioned is that that, was, that, that, was, that was a big thing that they were talking about. That uh, They were like, why? Why, why, why? Mm-hmm. Is like someone like Josh Grant sitting on the sidelines, not riding, when he could be filling in for that team. And they may not have the funding for 
Because you know they got to pay these guys if they're hurt while racing. Yeah, it's all in the contract. So if they bring in a third guy. But like they did over on the uh, K1 Speed Karting Team. Ta-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> I'm walking down the pits, and all of a sudden I see this red bike with an 801 on it. And this guy with a tattoo on his name, Tommy. So I, said, hey, I don't think that's what it said, but I'm going to just go That's with what it. it said. Okay. I said, hey, Tommy, can I ask you a question? And then, you know, here's this bike, Honda, with an 801. I said, did you guys pick up Jeff Alessi this week? Lo and behold, they did. <laughs> now, how do I even know? Yeah, the what one Alessi fan Alessi in is? the audience. <laughs> well, I follow his brother. I am probably the only member of the Mike Alessi fan club. He keeps ragging me about that. Michael Alessi, why, why do you care what Michael Alessi does? Well, first of all, I like the products. Moto Concepts? Moto Concepts got some pretty cool plastic products. I like their helmet and boot rack. I like their portable desk. I like their helmet hang-up rack. Um, but probably I like Alessi because the first time I saw him, if you remember Vegas a few years ago, he was on the Suzuki team. And they had a start. And all of a sudden, you know, the bikes are starting, and one bike enters the stadium. <laughs> and he's halfway down the straightaway, and then all the rest of them come charging through as a, as a big gaggle. And you're figuring, what is going on? And then I started watching him, and he gets great starts, great starts, and then fades. And then he went to KTM, and they put him on a 350, and he still got great starts. He, was, he still would get the whole shot from time to time on a 350. So, I don't know. I don't know why I'm the only member of the Mike Alessi fan club, but go Mike. He's, he's a timing genius. I think that's, that's why he can get those starts, is that he can kind of... And Shorty did it for a while. Well, unless he was out, you know, with his third gear starts. Um, but I'm probably the only member of the Michael Alessi fan club. And the guy Tommy, when I asked him, you know, about uh, about Jeff being on their team, he looked at me with eyes that got about that big. It's like, holy cow, somebody, somebody knows. knows who Jeff Alessi is? <laughs> the 801. Yeah, well, the Alessi fan club here. Yep, the Alessi fan club of one. Well, guys, thank you very much for tuning in to episode 198. We had a ton of fun oh. at the Dallas Supercross. It was fantastic. For those of you going to Atlanta this coming weekend, have fun. Remember, tag your pictures, Seat Time Live, or Pint Full of Awesome. Uh, we definitely want to pay attention and see those and re repost those for you guys as you all have fun in Atlanta. Hopefully, you alls shirts that we did mail out on Monday, uh, they get to you guys in time for you to wear them to Atlanta. Or if you're on the East Coast and you're going to be going to another Supercross and you've got some of our shirts... Please wear them out there. Take pictures of yourself at the Supercross, and we would love to re, uh, retweet, repost, all that kinds of fun stuff to, uh, to showcase the fact that you guys are being awesome and supporting Seat Time. We really, really, really would appreciate that. 200th episode. Again, it's going to be in three weeks, so it gives us a little bit of time. So we're going to have episode 199 next week. Um, let us know how you'd like to approach that. We've got all kinds of interesting ideas, but we want to give away some swag. That's definitely the biggest thing. You guys are what makes us keep coming back to this kind of stuff. We love just talking dirt bikes. We love having beer and bench racing with you guys, and we want to keep doing that. Um, and so a little bit of fly racing product, a little bit of Kinder product, a little bit of SR SRT off-road product for you guys. Have a little bit of fun. So remember, comment, comment, comment. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you want to do, let us know what you think we should do for the 200th episode, and we'll enter you for a chance to win some swag, and then, of course, we'll have all kinds of stuff available on March 15th when we do have the 200th episode. 
however we do choose to do that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah. So, Dad, any, any last wrap-ups no. for you? No. No? Go, Mike. Just kills me. Uh, coming up February twenty seventh this weekend as uh, the Super Enduro in Brazil. We'll see if Cody Webb can get his shit back together. I say that jokingly. Oh, I am forgetting. Let's do this. You got it ready? Did you get the Cody Webb video? Yes. Okay. Yes. So as I say that, let's wrap. Let, we're gonna go ahead and showcase this. So Cody Webb actually had a couple highlights for us. So for those of you guys still tuning in, you get a chance to hear a little special message from Mister Cody Webb. All right, we're coming at you semi-live from Belo Horizonte, Brazil, uh, with a race recap from Argentina. Since I'm a nice guy, and I always kind of bow down to Brian because he's like the king, or he thinks he is. Uh, you know, he wanted a small recap of the race, kind of what happened, my accounts, I think uh, maybe what's going on with everyone else. Uh, just hanging out at the hotel right now. We got uh, Doug over there oh. hanging out. <laughs> Not much going on, just a lot of traveling yesterday. Uh, Buenos Aires was four hours from where the race was along the coastline of Argentina, so long day yesterday and didn't get into like two last night. So hanging out today before uh, maybe go to the gym or something in a little bit and get ready for next weekend. But, you know, Argentina was good. Uh, Super Enduro, you know, qualified fastest in practice. Uh, I got, just got a clean lap, and the Super Pole went really well. I got uh, my second... Super Bowl of the year in three races, so, you know, fastest qualifying time and just was really patient and feeling pretty good on the track. It was actually really easy and fast, kind of like a Supercross style almost for Endurocross standards, but really sandy and de deteriorated super bad, so I, I knew it was going to be tough when the racing started happening, and, you know, three Moto format compared to just one in Endurocross, a little bit different, and, you know, I had the best inside gate pick. I figured that would be the best best thing to do to hold the inside and didn't get the best jump but still came around the corner all right and we came over the first obstacle in that first moto and one of the local Argentinian guys uh slammed into my tire from the back and just almost took me out and I fell onto the rest of the pack and you know fell back right off the bat right there and kind of was working working my way through the pack and I think I got by my teammate Taylor and uh, him and I kind of came together in the sand pit. I was all bobbling coming out of the rocks, and he got the inside advantage of me and got out, and I uh, went down again. And, you know, I had to come from pretty far back. Uh, we made midway through the moto and actually caught the guys battling for third on the podium, and, you know, that would have been a good first moto after what was happening to try and get on the podium, but just couldn't quite make the make the passes. It was really tough on the track to get around people. It was kind of one fast line people were staying to, so... Uh, ended up getting past last corner, just a stupid mistake on my part, and finished sixth in the first moto. Really sucked, but now I was moving forward to the next one, and uh, this time they reversed the starting position, so I was all the way on the outside gate, and everyone kind of checked up to make it the inside, and I just railed the outside berm, and I think I came out in like third, surprisingly for uh, you know being all the way on the outside gate, just kind of used that to my advantage, swooped the corner, and was right behind uh, Colton, who was leading at the time, and Johnny, who won the moto, and kind of got bucked over the bars. I'm sure a couple of you saw the photo and the picture er, and the video, but uh, it was really dark. You know, it was outdoor arena at night, and uh, the sand was just really deteriorating, and I just couldn't really see it. I guess I hit a cupped out part of the log and instantly knew I was screwed and kind of hit the eject button and went flying through the air and uh, 
kind of fell on my ass and then tried to get back up and fell again, kind of rushed a little bit. But, you know, I was happy to uh, have such a huge crash like that, get out of it clean and uh, actually keep racing, even with my grip all torn up. And I was able to finish fourth in that moto. So, you know, it was a good way to salvage points for such a big, big crash. And that final moto, uh, I knew I had to make up some ground, just really lost a bunch of points earlier in the night and was having a rough go of it. And, but, you know, I still felt good in speed and, and confidence. And, you know, I nailed my start, kept pushing hard and uh, basically led from start to finish and was able to open up the gap on those guys a little bit and maintain it. And uh, Colton had a mistake and went down and Johnny was pushing really hard those last couple laps. And, you know, I was able to kind of cruise the last lap a little bit and make sure I didn't do anything stupid again and uh, get the final moto win. So it was good confidence boost. Uh, that last moto, at least knowing I had the speed and ability to get a win and just, you know, luck wasn't quite on my side. And the final moto, uh, I knew I had to make up some ground, just really lost a bunch of points earlier in the night and was having a rough go of it. And, but, you know, I still felt good in speed and, and confidence. And, you know, I nailed my start, kept pushing hard and uh, basically led from start to finish and was able to open up the gap on those guys a little bit and maintain it. And, uh, Colton had a mistake and went down and Johnny was pushing really hard those last couple laps and you know I was able to kind of cruise the last lap a little bit and make sure I didn't do anything stupid again and uh, get the final moto win so it was good confidence boost uh, that last moto at least knowing I had the speed and ability to get a win and just you know luck wasn't quite on my side and uh, I've had a good start so far to the year with factory KTM and you know I can't get them all but looking forward to uh Bella Horizonte this weekend, the normal enduro cross guys, uh, Schaefer Tracks, and uh, is putting on that that course. So it should be really good, and you know, hopefully this is a good update for you guys. And uh, yeah, Team America is doing pretty good so far with uh, me, Colton, Taylor Robert, and Ty Tremaine. He was able to get his first podium. So you know, it's cool to be racing with our buddies against all the Euros, and everyone gets along on this trip. Everyone's traveling together and stuff. So. It's a good time, and you know now I get to go enjoy the hot sun and humidity. All right, we're coming at you semi-live. From and so that's our update from Cody Webb. We wanted to have him on the show just to kind of talk about some of the accidents that he did have, but luckily enough, because of technology, we could get him to shoot a little bit of a video, send it to us, and we can kind of get those kind of updates. That's something we'd like to do more of, so if you guys have do racers out there at different... Uh, series that you'd like to get that kind of stuff from we can obviously do this kind of stuff it's not hard to do so you just let us know and we will try to get those um updates to you guys so cody webb's gonna try to not do what he did this past weekend in argentina while he's been racing in brazil this coming weekend for super enduro round four it's gonna be a good time of racing of course this is seat time you can find us at seattime.co that is the website where you get all the fun updates and then after that, you go to Facebook, facebook.com slash seat time. Of course, we're on Twitter, at seat time underscore CO, and on the Instagrams, at seat time. You can find us on YouTube, seat time CO. Please subscribe. That's the best way to be updated with all the new videos, all the live episodes that we do do. It is a good time, and we appreciate you for finding us. Coming up, the Super Enduro in Brazil is coming weekend, March 5th and 6th, GNCC round one, Wild Boar, Florida. It's coming up, man. Right before that, we're going to have the full gas sprint enduro um, that, that Thursday and Friday, I believe. No, Wednesday and Thursday. It's the weekend before 
that first weekend there for the GNCC. It's going to be a good time. Daytona Bike Week coming up. We're not going to be there, but hopefully we get to see a lot of pictures of some people doing things that they shouldn't be doing, and we get to make fun of them and have, have a good time because of it. Other than that, of course, my dad couldn't make it anymore. He had to go pee. That happens. You're welcome, world. We appreciate you for watching and obviously for supporting Seat Time. We will be back next week for episode 199 and then back the following two weeks after that for episode 200. Remember to always enjoy a pint full of awesome. We'll see you then. Peace.